another episode of Bits Over Broadway. Bits Over Broadway, coming to you live from New York City. <laughs> That's right. We brought him back, 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 back again, folks. She's back. <laughs> I drove across plains, across <laughs> rivers, across <laughs> mountains. Connor, would you say that you drove all night, as it were? Mitch, please drop that in. Please. <laughs> um, I did drive for part of the night. I didn't get back to New York until like uh, 10.30. And then <gasps> I had, after like having to drop off the car and everything, I didn't get back to my apartment until close to midnight. Classic. So, super fun times. I love that for you. But I'm so glad you're here. I felt I felt different this morning when I woke up. It felt like my soul was back together. <laughs> oh, God, I love that for you. And now we can five goes west ourselves uh, from a, from Brooklyn to Manhattan. That's right. I can stare out my window and sing, and you can stare out your window and sing, and we'll actually be in the same time zone. Okay, I you know that I simply love that. I know you do. The other day on my For You page, there was a TikTok of just a man talking to himself, and he was like, you're thinking about five goes west again, aren't you? <laughs> you're thinking about five and American sale again, aren't you? And I was like... This is literally for me. Just for I am me. Never I'm the only person not who thinks thinking about Fievel and American Tale. Um, <laughs> okay, I don't think we have any biz, so let's just jump right in it. I am so excited to introduce our guest this week. She is a New York City actor, content creator, puppeteer, and co-founder of the independent production company Party Claw Productions. It's Laura yes. Kay. Hi, Laura. Hi, Laura. Hi. We're so welcome excited to the to pod. Have you. Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome. Very excited. Yeah. Good. We are talking this week about Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Yes! I am really, really excited. Um, also, uh, just be warned, if you don't hear any episodes after this, it would be because we were murdered by friend of the pod, Keaton, Keaton Cruiser, Cruiser, who loves this musical. Fully did a slay us. Um, yeah, are you guys, uh, are either of you like Hedwig stands? Yes, very near and dear. I have a Hedwig tattoo. <gasps> oh my God, the <gasps> nearest and dearest. So nearest and dearest. Wow. Um, yeah, I have an origin of love tattoo on my forearm. So that's um, oh my so gosh. cool. I love it. This yes. is my first time uh, hearing the musical, so or watching it. So I'm excited to yes, have two both. experts. I'm ex- I'm excited. Um, well, let's just start. Uh, Connor, yeah. could you hit us, please, with some facts and figures? Facts and figs. Hedwig and the Angry Inch has music and lyrics by Stephen Trask with book by John Cameron Mitchell. It originally premiered off-Broadway in February of 1998 and ran until April 2000 for a total of 857 performances. It then transferred to the West End and ran from September 2000 to November 2000. Um, there have been there were a bunch of tours and international productions, regional productions, um, and then it eventually made its way to Broadway in, on April 14 in April 2014. Ran until September 2015 for a total of 507 performances. There was also a film adaptation in 2001 that was directed, adapted, and starred John Cameron Mitchell. And John Cameron Mitchell also originated the role of Hedwig, and there have been dozens and dozens of famous actors who have played the role. Um, the original off-Broadway show was nominated for 1998 Obie Awards, um, and it won Best Off-Broadway Musical. And then the uh, Broadway production was nominated for the 2014 Tony Awards. For It was nominated for eight, won four, including Best Revival of the Musical. 
And then, just a quick synopsis, the musical follows Hedwig Robinson, a genderqueer East German singer of a fictional rock and roll band, as she shadows the tour of former lover turned rock star Tommy Gnosis and tells her life story to those who will listen. I did think you had to have three names to play this character, but then I realized that other people without three names had played it. But the only two people... Or like two or three that I had heard of playing this role were John Cameron Mitchell, Neil Patrick Harris, and I think Anthony C. Hall. And I was like, well, I guess like serial killers, (laughs) you must have three names in order to excel at this role. But then I heard Michael Cerber say, there are some two named people, but three named people, I think, just Mm -hmm. are better suited. It's true. Exactly. They really give the role the yeah. people who have, people who use know? three names tend to have a very queer energy about them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got that three name queer vibe for sure, for sure. Which I think. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Laura, do you want to tell us a little bit about like how you got like how you found the show? Like, tell us your history with oh, the yeah. show. We'd love so, to hear. So my. Um, my experience with Hedwig was it was always sort of a cultural thing that I like knew about, mm-hmm. um, but had hadn't seen it till I went to see the Broadway revival in 2015 because one of my favorite actors is Michael C. Hall. And I was like, he's taking over this, this role. Oh my God, how exciting. Like, because I'm a huge six feet under fan. Mm-hmm. And I was sure. like, this is so exciting. What an interesting choice. Like I had never seen him on stage. I had never heard him sing. And I was like, what is this going to be like? So I got tickets and um, was sitting in like the last row of the balcony and was just completely shooketh (laughs) by this (laughs) experience. Um, And then also witnessed the absolute love of my life, Lena Hall, mm-hmm. and, and oh, her, of course. you know, Hall and um, Hall. A, oh, all the halls. Yeah, <laughs> your last name is Paul. You should also be in Hedwig and Come the on Ridge. in. Doors <laughs> um, open. Water's fine. But I just I saw it with a friend who was very familiar with the musical, and and he knew a lot about it. But we just sort of like clutched to each other and like wept through most of it, and. It was just this really sort of incredible experience and also so cool to see something that like people either like know so much about or know nothing about, but like everybody loved it. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, so that was like my experience with it. And then I saw it and I was like, this has changed my life. Mm -hmm. And then (laughs) I saw it. I, I, you know, went and saw it again because I was like, I must experience this. <laughs> must. And I was like a poor grad, grad school student at the time. So I was like, do I eat? Or do I go see Hedwig again? And I was like, all right, I'll just eat ramen for a bit. <laughs> Hedwig it is. <laughs> I was like telling everybody about this. And I was like, you have to go see this show. And like, I feel like nobody cared <laughs> as much as I did. But like it... <laughs> It moved you. Changed, it changed my life. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's uh, the power of theater. Oh, my God. Right, right. Well, it just has everything you could ever want in a show, mm-hmm. I, think. Mm-hmm. I think. Truly. Yeah. It, it it has all of the great, great things. It's got glam rock. It's mm-hmm. got comedy. It's got, you know, drama. Mm-hmm. In, in the revival, they sort of had this, like, funny joke that they were using the old set from the Hurt Locker musical mm-hmm. that failed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, this great funny, funny joke. And um, 
loved that. But I, yeah, I just think there's a little something for everyone in, in this show. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. I was reading about that Hurt Locker thing and that it was, it sounded so fun. So for anyone who didn't know, um, the director of the Broadway musical decided that in order to like explain why Hedwig and the band were performing in a Broadway theater, he like made up this fake musical and they made playbills for it that were like in the theater. I I have one. Yeah. (laughs) That's amazing. And so like they, that was like kind of like the meta story because um, in the stage production, it's literally just Hedwig and the band on stage performing. Mm-hmm. And that's right. it. Which is super cool. But I think they were like, how can we make this like Broadway-tastic? Right. And, <laughs> and one of the, I mean, the, the central set piece of like the revival was this car, was this like busted up car that ended up being like this really cool thing. And like, uh, like things would come out of the car and like, you know, but this was like part of the Hurt Locker set which I thought was so funny. And they actually wrote like a new song, (laughs) like, like they find like sheet music to the Hurt Locker. (laughs) (laughs) And so like Lena Hall and her like beautiful, like voice sings this, like we found sanctuary in the Hurt Locker. Like it's, (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Um, And because it was 2014, one of the stars of the Hurt Locker musical was, uh, Adele Nazim, oh, <laughs> in, in which I thought was really, really funny. I was like, all right, <laughs> they got this. They got this going on. Oh, um, but yeah, I think, but even, you know, being in a Broadway theater, a show that was so intimate, it felt still so intimate. I mean, yeah, you know, just because there's really still only, you know, a four piece band Hedwig and Zach on stage and you're like this feels so like you forget that you're in this massive theater and surrounded by all these people you're just sort of like so honed into what's happening and you feel like you're in like a seedy little you feel like you're in the duplex yeah yeah right Under under St. Mark's (laughs) oh my god exactly St. Mark's theater yes Oh my God. And that is, that apparently has, was like, I was reading a little bit about the history of the show and that's like baked into the show itself because the, when John Cameron Mitchell was workshopping it, they didn't do it in theaters. They would do it at like punk gigs mm-hmm. and stuff. Right. Like that. House shows. That's like that. so cool. cool. Super cool. Yeah. It does have, and it still very much has this, like that vibe. And, but what was so fun about, I think like, when they were like, we're going to do it on Broadway and we have money now, you know? <laughs> and they were like, Hedwig is going to descend from the ceiling and it's going to oh. be this, like, what an entrance, you yeah. know? Like, Amazing. Just completely the most, like, glitzy, like, absurd, like, over-the-top things happening interspersed within these just, like, stark, like, incredibly, like, vulnerable yeah. like almost plain, simple moments of storytelling. And so I'm glad they got their Broadway, their Broadway time yeah. with their Broadway money and their Broadway production <laughs> value. Well, I think it so works. That, I think it works. I watched, I watched the movie. I didn't watch a stage production, uh, but I did I watch the movie. Stunning. Yeah. And yeah. I the movie is really good. Like her delusions of grandeur, right? Like seeing herself in this really like uber fantastical light. Like I want her to have those big entrances and then I want to see her. I got to tell you, I simply loved when she was like, 
dancing around. I'm pretty sure it was in like supposed to be in St. Louis, and she was like dancing around a salad bar. Yeah, just like yes. talking through. It's full daytime. Simply, I love it. And then she just opens the door. It's full sunlight, just screaming out at the stadium. Yeah. Like I, I really liked that. I love that she just makes it work. She's stalking around like a buffet and a pizza hut or whatever. And yeah, it's just she's like singing people. in that. I love it. Singing in that restaurant. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so I love that. I love that mix of she, you know, she obviously she believes she's a star and like she sees that for herself. But at the same time, the reality is she's performing at 2 p.m. and, you know, in a Denny's. Like, that's right, yeah. what it is. <laughs> and who amongst us isn't performing at 2 p.m. in a Denny's? That's how else do you think I pay for this apartment, buddy? Thank you. <laughs> Gotta make the money stop. Somehow. I'm here for those Denny's bucks. <laughs> I like Hedwig would definitely be performing at like the Stardust Diner for like the lunch shift. 100%. But not taking orders. Simply not taking (laughs) orders. Kicking (laughs) kicking, like a German tourist like salad off their table. (laughs) Right. For sure. It's really fun. And the music is, um, it's very Bowie esque, I feel like. You can definitely hear the Bowie influence for sure. The glam, um, yeah. It's so glam, but it's also yeah. just like so good. Like I feel like this is and Meryl, you I know how you sometimes feel about like pop and rock musicals on stage. <laughs> I feel like they really fucking nailed it because they like you said, they have the glam influences. They have mm-hmm. like I was reading a lot of like Iggy Pop and Lou Reed also influenced mm-hmm. the show. Mm-hmm. And I they, feel like because they were able to like use more like actual rock influences i love listening to this album just as a fucking rock album like it's yeah. so good it and is. you can do that i was gonna say yeah this is um a musical that i love to play for people who don't like musicals mm-hmm. oh sure like when they're like what's a musical you like and i'm like well first do you like musicals and if they say <laughs> no but i'm like then let's listen to hedwig because mm-hmm. yeah it's like a dope rock album it really is it's got some like amazing bangers it's got great ballads and you kind of like just you get the story but you don't really need to follow the story because the Mm -hmm. songs stand alone on their Mm -hmm. uh stand on their own pretty well it's really really is just a really strong album john cameron mitchell you're killing it (laughs) yeah (laughs) he had an album this good right (laughs) this is a rock opera bitch um (laughs) i think that this succeeds where six fails as a concert musical um, because it was designed to be a concert in like a clubby, intimate setting. Like six is still trying to be more of a musical. And so it's trying to do that like funny tongue in cheek, um, winky lyrics. Whereas, whereas Hedvig is like, fuck you, I wrote a rock album. And, and then also I'm going to perform <laughs> it on stage and give it a character. But like, I wrote sure. these songs because I want to write music and it just reads, like the jokes I feel don't come from, sometimes they come from the song. Like wig in a box is fun. Although I don't think it's really a joke so much as it's just funny to say wig, but like no, the, well, of course. <laughs> the song itself is fun. Or I liked in the movie when they were like, uh, every, okay, this is the car- this is the sing along portion. Everybody sing along now. Like yes, I that's love that kind part. of fun and jokey, but it still feeds into that concert, that musical concert kind of vibe. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, sure. I I liked this a I liked this a lot more in regards to that. Right. Yeah. And I think that like what makes this show work is that like you do get these cool like 
rock, like rock show moments, like where you feel like you're at a concert, but then Mm -hmm. you're also just like witnessing a really compelling story. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. You, you get those moments where like at the beginning, like you're sort of presented with like Hedwig, who is at the top, I think like performing Mm -hmm. and she is like, presentational and she's wanting to get her story out there. But then as it goes along, you know, she becomes more and more vulnerable and, and you really get these like beautiful, like monologues and moments where like, you're really getting into like all of her deep pain and like all of like these like horrible things that have happened to her and like all of her Christ, like all of her, like crisis around her identity and like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what's going on. And then like, you get a really cool rock song. You know what I mean? Like it's Mm -hmm. just like this great blend of like performance and like, then, you know, you're like, but what happens? Like what is happening in the story? Like, yeah. And I think, I think John Cameron Mitchell like wrote a really good script Mm -hmm. and a really good story and created Mm -hmm. a really like, compelling character um and that i think is one of the strengths of the show and i think that's why people are really drawn to it is because like ultimately like it's a story about identity and Mm -hmm. it's a story about love and like trying to figure your shit out and like while this is like an extremely niche show i think it's also like there's a lot of universality to it Mm -hmm. oh 100 i definitely agree with you And that like the story is so compelling. And I really, we uh, recently in one one of our episodes, we talked about the prom and uh, we talked a little bit how like that script like has a lot of like queer trauma in it and that kind of thing, but it doesn't necessarily have a ton of payoff. I feel like that is completely opposite in this show. Like you were uh, saying, Dang, Laura, the the Hedwig like really explores her trauma and you learn about all these like dark things and like painful things that have happened in her past. But we get payoff in the end because she essentially is able to like reckon with that and heal a little bit on stage by the end of the show, which is a nice like through line for um, the story. And um, exploring the ideas of like divided self and divided gender and all of this like duality that appears throughout the entire show and having that final number be like sort of between her and Tommy Gnosis and like coming together as one and like kind of that whole idea of becoming whole again. Um, It really is an excellent, just excellent script. Mm-hmm. If I do right. say, right. if and, I if I do agree with Laura, <laughs> and then also also allowing then like Yitzhak to like because like throughout the story like even in the movie and on stage like you know because Hedwig has this partner Yitzhak right who wants to be a drag queen mm-hmm. but right. like Hedwig is like no you will not be prettier than me but then like at the end. Hedwig is like yeah do your thing I realize I'm doing to you what has been done to me so it's like this beautiful moment where like there's like all of this acceptance and like letting go of like, yeah, let's all just like be who we are. And like, right. I mean, and in the movie, there's that great moment where like Hedwig just like walks naked out of the, the concert venue and just sort of like into the black. And in the Broadway revival, like Hedwig ends out of drag in just sort of like tiny leather shorts, like makeup smeared to hell, mm-hmm. just sort of like, I'm a person. I don't know what gender I am. I don't, I'm just me. And mm-hmm. like, right. That's really, I think 
powerful because like Hedwig ultimately arrives at the conclusion that like, I don't know the answer. I'm just like a person mm-hmm. and I'm yeah, not um, people decide for me. Uh, John Cameron Mitchell actually has, he's talked about that exact concept. Um, he's explained that Hedwig is not a trans woman, but a gender qu- queer person. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says she's more than a woman or a man. She's a gender of one. And that is accidentally so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it really is. And like, that goes exactly to what you were saying, Laura, at that end, when she's saying, I am me, I am, I, uh, I, I like, answer to no man or no woman essentially. Yeah. And that is really just a really powerful, beautiful moment at the end of the show. Agreed with all of it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm not going to be able to say it as uh, succinctly and as beautifully as you do. So I'm just going to go ditto. (laughs) (laughs) I also really like that Yitzhak is played by uh, the, the character is played by a woman. It's, Mm-hmm. It's fun. I I didn't realize that going in, so I was watching the movie and I was like, "Wow, that it's just such a beautiful, like such a pretty man that I'm looking at." Like, and then you're oh, like, "What oh, a beautiful man. man that is!" And then and then the credits roll, and I'm like, "That was a woman." <laughs> okay, all right. I was just like stunned by this beautiful man. I was like, "Wow, so delicate." I love him. <laughs> wow, that was true. The revival gave us the gift of like Lena Hall in mm-hmm. drag mm-hmm. as Isaac, and like I just I'm gonna the Google that really quick. She like <laughs> walked on stage. I was like, oh, like how dare! Like that whole show, I was just like, I don't know the gender of anybody right now, but I'm attracted to all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's doing it for me. <laughs> I also I love the subplot in the movie or of. Yitzhak just really wanting to be Angel in, in Red. Yes! <laughs> I think that's perfect. And where is it? Like Guam or something? Just like... Yes, <laughs> it's like the tour of like Guam and like Polynesia or something like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like just really wants to be in Rent. And I'm like, oh, like same, you know? <laughs> I feel that so hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What I really liked about the movie um, version was just that Hedwig is so, I don't know how to say it, like 90s hot. Do you know what I mean? Like the thinnest brow, the blondest hair, just like everything about her, the the fashions, the look. Like I was like, oh, you are nine. Like what you thought was hot was like women in the 90s. And you were like, that's the pinnacle of beauty. And now I'm going to do that like and I'm gonna be that like even though it's a little later right the movie is in like 2001 and I don't even think 90s are the time period for the show because he's Mm -mm. it's it's more like late 70s 80s yeah or no when did the Berlin Wall fall because that happens when uh when Hedwig Laura has pulled out her script of Hedwig so (laughs) So I'm wondering if they say if they if if there is a note as to when this is supposed Mm -hmm. to take place Mm-hmm. Um, but it makes sense because because the the wall falls right, and she gets divorced like at the yeah, same time. Yeah, because um, so like in the in the mo- in the in the film, Luther um, is the is a GI from America and Western Germany, and mm-hmm. uh, Hedwig is living in East Germany. And mm-hmm. in order to get Hedwig over the wall, right. they mm-hmm. have her go through the sex reassignment mm-hmm. surgery, which gets botched, and mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. she ends up in kansas with luther but then luther leaves her for a man man. right and um 
the day that Luther leaves her, she hears on the radio, the wall has fallen. So like, yeah, it was all, for, it's, it's kind of like this, uh, this idea of that, like it was all for nothing. All for nothing. And then she essentially builds out this Hedvig character. Right. So it does, yeah. I guess it does make sense that she's so like, it's just so, it would make sense that that is the formative time for like who she's modeling herself to be. I feel like that happens a lot with very specific people. Like they're like, this was what hot was when I was growing up. So yeah. now that I am an adult and able to do that like make those choices for my appearance for myself i'm gonna be 90s like she just is a 90s supermodel i love it i'm obsessed with her like she's the most beautiful person i've ever seen she's just so stunning but in a very specifically like 90s way at least in that movie and i'm not sure if the characterization stays if that's just like classic hedwig those little teeny tiny eyebrows and the big flipped out hair okay the wig is definitely Definitely, like, meant to be, like, part of the show, I think. Right. Because um, mm-hmm. I was, re- in the history of the, the as they were, like, getting ready, um, apparently John Cameron Mitchell was a fill-in host at the drag punk bar that they were workshopping the uh-huh. show. Um, and it was, Deborah Harry of Blondie was performing that night, and that was inspiration for the wig. Got it, got it, got it. I love it. I love that in the, sorry, I keep referencing the movie, um, but I Here, love fine. that they sell... Or that they have their fans wearing Hedwig yes. wig, <laughs> yes. like styrofoam wigs. I love like big foam fingers, but it's hair. I love that. Like I want to yeah. have iconic hair that people wear to be like, your gig is my gig. I love it. Like that's so fun to just look out and to see. Hedwig Steve. did the Rachel before Rachel uh, before um, Jennifer percent. Aniston did the Rachel. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Yeah, just for some time clarity, now that I've consulted the script. Thank God. Thank God. A professional on this podcast, finally. Yeah. For once. Yeah, November 9th, 1988. uh, Hedwig marries Luther. Mm -hmm. 1989, she's in Junction City, Kansas, divorced. The wall comes down. That's right. Okay. The wall falls. Yes. Yeah, so, so I would assume that like the the show is then per- being performed in at least the early nineties, or like yeah. that would be the time form time frame of like her tour yeah. following Tommy Gnosis. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean the the very or first even mid like, to late. yeah the description of the set here in the beginning it says a Manhattan Riverside Fleabag Hotel ballroom <laughs> with a stage at one end. <laughs> Upstage is an emergency exit door. Projected on the back wall of the stage is a rock and roll band logo, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Already on stage is the Angry Inch, a tacky rock band dressed flashily in 80s high style. Lots of shoulder pads and stonewashed denim. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I always liked that the band is very like glam rock, and then she's just like in her little mini skirts and like a little tank top. Her, like, and she's her, like, just, like very casual. Yeah. Yes. She's got her strappy little like little gel shoes on, and she's got a little mini skirt with a little belt. And I'm just like, oh, oh okay. Like your vibe is it's good because it's so perfectly headbig, but the band is like is doing the glam rock band look and she's just like oh yeah, this is just like what i wear to the grocery store like, like how I? <laughs> I, just, I just happened into this buffet i'm just singing a little song it's fun and i'm like john cameron mitchell why do you have like the most beautiful legs i've ever seen gorgeous right <laughs> simply a gorgeous stunning woman. yeah i can't stunning. i can't um that scene where she's i'm not sure how familiar you guys are with the movie but i was like breathtaking 
when it's like they're in a big field and there's like one goth person just like yes. standing and yes. watching them and she's monologuing and she like pats the stage and has the the kid like sit next to her i'm like oh my this God. is the most beautiful a person has ever or will ever look like it just like so I, she was like looked so beautiful i was gobsmacked <laughs> i know john Kara mitchell in drag is just like Truly stunning. stunning. I'm it's like, amazing. how dare you? Yeah. Like, how dare you? Just oh, so how? beautiful. Yeah, really gorgeous. And my only experience with John Cameron Mitchell before this was in uh, Shrill. Like, he plays the right. boss mm-hmm. in Andy Bryan's box yeah. in Shrill. And so that was my only context for him. Um, and so it was fun to see him do something different. It was, I don't know, it's fun to see what like kind of propelled him to fame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, 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 right. It's yeah. hard for me to watch Shrill without thinking of Hedwig because... Um, <laughs> yeah. It's hard for me to watch like, Hedwig without thinking of Shrill. <laughs> exactly, you know? it's It, it, it colors your pers- uh, your perception of that person. Yeah, for But yeah, sure. no, because I, I saw, I only know of John Cameron Mitchell from Hedwig. So, right, mm-hmm. got it, got it, got um, it. Because... We watched this. We watched this movie a lot in college. Sure, when I was living with friend of the pod, Keaton Cruiser, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fellow devotee, Keaton Cruiser, and Keaton. Uh, this show was also performed at Mizzou, and Keaton played mm-hmm. Hedwig. Yeah, I couldn't be- uh-huh. believe it wasn't listed in the notable productions section of the wiki. I know, truly, we should it should have been. <laughs> we should yeah, add it. We in. should. <laughs> State School University of Missouri. <laughs> That's right. Um, known for their productions. Uh, okay, yes. let's. I would love to know what y'all's favorite favorite numbers are. Oh yeah, Laura, you can go first. Yeah. Oh, okay. So this is so hard to choose. I mean, Origin of Love, I think, is my absolute favorite. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just beautiful, and it's a good song, and just describes, I think, so much of how Hedwig views the world and how. Um, she is her sort of eternal quest for finding her other half. And mm-hmm. um, and the way they did it uh, in the revival, I thought was so beautiful. They had these incredible projections that were like projected onto a scrim yeah. while mm-hmm. she was singing. And it was just so absolutely beautiful. Um, and if I had a second favorite, I would say Sugar Daddy. Because like, mm-hmm. what a bop. Mm-hmm. What a bop that mm-hmm. song is. Yes. Yeah. So fun. I I would say that my favorite is probably Sugar Daddy. Um, it is such a fun number. And it like, I love how uh, it is just simply talking about how she wants to like live this glamorous life and she wants all these like nice things and how she's so excited that she's met Luther. But then I also love that it is like, sort of uh throws in the humor of the show with like oh luther darling heaven knows i've never worn woman's clothes Mm -hmm. except for once my mother's camisole Mm -hmm. and then like it goes into the song again so it like does have that like the little bit of the humor and then it also has like you are learning about the character as well while also being a goddamn bob it's super fun Uh, i would also say my second favorite is probably wig in a box because that song is just so fun yeah Wig in the box is the earworm for me, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I had never heard that song uh, until it was on my Discover Weekly from Spotify said, (laughs) you want to hear Norbert Leo Butts sing uh, 
we're, we're gonna box and i was like uh, okay i don't I know do. I, I do i do want to hear norma leo Bud sing that song <laughs> exactly. like, i, I would no love to take that thank you again another three names so that's a, a, another point to my three another name point role. but i another point i so i didn't realize it was from hedwig and i was like oh wow this is a fun this is fun i like it and then i heard it as we were listening to hedwig and i was like Oh, that makes way more sense that it would be from something and not just a song Norbert Leo Butts wrote. <laughs> I, I'm deeply dumb is the point. <laughs> thinking like in an alternate universe that like Norbert Leo Butts just like sat down one day and wrote Wig in a Box. Wig in a Box. With is, no other context. Just was like, is this maybe, is in me and it needs to get out. It's a mix. Up. just like <laughs> Norbert Leo Butts like singing it about his like time as Fierro or something yeah, yeah, right. Fierro like his, his like favorite wigs from his wig collection he's like oh look at this God. one it's the 1960s beehive <laughs> like, Norbert Leo Butts why do you have so many wigs <laughs> why Norbert like, but again I'd be like okay alright all right. you know yeah I like that world. <laughs> that is a world. That is an alternate timeline I would like to live I'm, in. I'm interested. I'd like to check I would it hate out. It. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. god. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I do I do like a lot of the songs. There are some that I was like, okay, I. It worked better. Some of these worked better in context. Some of these I would listen to just yeah. on their own, and some of them I'm like. It's not a bad song, but it really only works for me in the context of the larger musical. Um, yeah, sure. when you get later into the show, when it's like Hedwig having her breakdown mm-hmm. and like reckoning with everything mm-hmm. that's happened and um, Yitzhak kind of like taking over the role in the band and everything, oh. that you kind of need a little bit more context. Mm-hmm. The songs are still good. And like I said, yeah. you can still like have them stand on their own. Um, but definitely like having the context kind of makes those songs just slightly more devastating. <laughs> just slightly more. Like Long Grift, I think is devastating when like you're watching the show and yeah. like you realize that Hedwig can't sing anymore and like Yitzhak can yeah. sing that song for her. And then like, Watching like Hedwig like sadly sing backup vocals to her own song is like heartbreaking. Uh, like, mm-hmm. but also like listening to Lena Hall sing the Log Grift is like, oh yeah, aging. And I'm like, thank you for this gift, universe. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> simply a dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would definitely agree with you, Connor, that some of the later songs, the sad, the sad bops at the end. <laughs> yeah. Like, kind of the context to really like feel the feels mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is the manager as fun in the stage production as she is in the movie there i don't think no the manager, manager exists okay. in the move in the okay. stage show i don't think i yeah yeah I, the thought, only, I don't think i don't remember her gotcha. yeah the only characters that exist in the stage production are the band hedwig and Yitzhak. Got yeah it. and like tommy gnosis kind of comes in but it's hedwig pretending to be tommy right and like right. also yeah. I like there's like bits where they'll like open a door and you like can hear the stadium yeah. like performance and that kind of thing. But like it's yeah, like Laura yeah. said, it's just the band of Hedwig. Okay. But like, can we talk for a second about like Michael Pitt in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like absolutely bizarre casting choice that I like don't hate at all, but it's like so strange. <laughs> 
<laughs> it worked for me. I was like, oh, oh yeah, you're 90s like, hot for sure, too. Like, oh, yeah, with yeah, like you're the 90s, 90s like middle part with yes, like the, the long yes, hair and the, the big ears. Yes, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's definitely like the boy that I would fall in love with. Oh, a thousand percent. Right? Yeah. That's the older brother from Home Improvement that I want to love, but I know that I can't. So I, I you know. <laughs> So I so I settle for Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> yes, right, right, right. You're like I want Brad, but I have to settle for Randy. Exactly. <laughs> Always a Randy, never a Brad. I don't think that's how anyone views that except for me. But that is how my brain works. <laughs> I mean, listen, you guys know I fear a blonde man, so it's just... I do know that about you. <laughs> I just and don't trust I, it. I know um, that now. <laughs> now you know. And, and now you're learning. And we're all learning about each other today. Yes. Um, quick plug. I will say Andrea Martin plays the stage manager or the manager in the movie. I was just going to talk about Andrea and, Martin. You know, she's the love of my life. So she does a fabulous job. I want to see no one else. I, I assume she just did it so well. They were like, well, write her out of the stage production. No one can tell. <laughs> <laughs> no one will ever be able to top no that. one can top andrea martin and that's just a fact unfortunately it's um, true the the movie is very interesting because they kind of flesh out the world a little bit more because like yeah. you see a little bit more of like hedwig interacting with the band and like there's the whole bit about how she's basically holding them hostage because she like she has, has their passports, passports. yes <laughs> Oh, the scene in the laundromat where, like, they put the bras in the dryer, and she's like, you don't put this in the dryer! Yes. Like, yeah. yeah, I had my notepad out. I was taking a lot of notes. Mm, okay, don't put my bras in the dryer. Got it. <laughs> Thank you, Hedwig <laughs> and Angry Inch. Glad that you finally finally were able to learn that. I for, couldn't uh, understand why my bras were so warped, but now I know. It's the dryer. <laughs> Thought I was just getting lumpy up there, but turns out it's the machines. <laughs> <laughs> no it's yeah it does flesh out the world a little bit more and and what i like is that they're i i love watching her play against people who are giving her nothing like oh yeah it's just some random folks you'd find at the bp eating their salads and staring at her and she's like telling the story of how she escaped like <laughs> yes east berlin and, and they're just like Given her nooch just absolutely nothing nooch <laughs> don't, oh, they don't give so a fuck <laughs> i was just like okay <laughs> i don't know it's fun to watch someone um continue to do their bits when literally no one is laughing or enjoying right. any part of your performance um it made me i laugh. do like that aspect of the movie because it kind of it, like i feel like it kind of gives you the like what you would get in the stage show where yes. it is just hedwig like monologuing to the audience mm -hmm. and having in the movie everyone else basically be background like bit yeah. just be set dressing mm -hmm. i feel like that kind of like it gives you that vibe a little bit yeah oh for sure yeah for sure i also really really liked and then i promise i'll stop talking about the movie um when <laughs> okay. they go to new york and they're all in this like the whole band and the manager and then the pizza guy comes and it's like a closet and there's 10 of them <laughs> just standing very close to one another and like more people keep coming in and then Yitzhak comes and it's, it's sad it's it's dramatic and it's like a heavy moment where she rips up Yitzhak's passport um but yeah. it's played in this like little tiny closet with people just stacked on top of each other and I'm like wow to get the to have that be the setup and to keep it in that like 
weirdly hilarious joke of a space and still be able to pull off that that moment of just like dark it's fucking dark dude and they managed to to land it it's it's really i think like you guys said it speaks to the writing of the script and how strong Mm -hmm. how strong i will say i will say uh what was so interesting about Michael C. Hall's performance is that he's mm-hmm. probably like, with the exception of Tay Diggs later, um, who was the last Broadway Hedwig. Whoops. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I will say, um, Michael C. Hall is very masculine, like very masculine looking. Okay. Like, yes. Um, he has sort of like these chunky muscles, and like he doesn't have like this like live like lanky body like mm-hmm. Neil Patrick Harris or like even Andrew Rannells or Darren Chris or, or mm-hmm. uh, John Cameron Mitchell does. And so sort of his Hedwig was so dysmorphic that it was absolutely beautiful because mm-hmm. he cool. even said it in an interview. He was like, I was doing this role and I was in rehearsal and I just had like a breakdown because I was looking at myself in a mirror and I just felt so ugly and like so wrong. And then I was like, Oh wait, that's, the character <laughs> and i thought that was so interesting um huh. it worked he had his uh dustin hoffman tootsie moment <laughs> right 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 but like not tootsie <laughs> do you know tootsie. that story no when he was like they put him in tootsie makeup for the first time and he was like that's why it am so why am i so ugly and they were like that's you just are and he was like oh i understand now women aren't choosing to be ugly <laughs> like <laughs> truly he's like and then yeah. i realized women don't have a choice when they're ugly like cool dustin like, thanks for the solidarity bro <laughs> you piece of shit no but i think like oh god that is I now remember this and I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> no, you're right. It plays to the character. You're right. Like the the confusion about what you're supposed to look like and what standards you're conforming to and what like archetype of femininity you are portraying. Like, yeah, that's I totally get what he's saying there. Like it's confusing. Right. And um and I think just added a whole nother layer to like his headwig that mm-hmm. like he was the headwig that like was maybe didn't was like very like trapped in the wrong body or Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. um and that was like very compelling to watch and also like he's a great performer and Mm -hmm. it was very fun and entertaining to watch and great actor i mean like so vulnerable and like and but it's just like so there's something so like interesting about watching this like sort of very masculine man in like a Mm -hmm. tiny little black negligee like yeah sitting there on a stool like talking about this stuff and you're like man like you just like it just is such a stark image yeah so Um, i guess i guess i know this is played without an intermission so can you talk a little bit Mm -hmm. more about the costuming because i was thinking it was just one outfit the whole time but now you're saying like black negligee so like how do they does does is Hedvig on stage and off stage like she goes on and off for costume changes like explain that a little more she's on stage the whole time but like there is a cool moment so she comes in in this like ridiculous outfit then then tears away into like the the iconic like jean skirt jean vest yeah like fishnets and is wearing that for like most of the show and then wig in a box happens and she actually goes into the car like the car has like a trap door mm. under it. So she goes into the car and changes into this stunning costume that is all made of hair. 
for yes. women. Yes. Um, and women of drag race into, take note. <laughs> yes, she pops into that and does a wig change, and okay. then um, and then underneath that is the little negligee, and then underneath that, so then she has her like breakdown uh-huh. during Exquisite Corpse and rips off everything and then just has on like little tiny got it okay so it's shorts. all it's like a, a the dance of the seven veils situation yeah, where it's all just yeah. russian nesting sort of. dolled onto her okay yes okay. yes 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 i love um, that and then uh Yitzhak, you know is in uh jeans and and leather jacket and then does exit the stage and comes back in this stunning like drag outfit so beautiful like yeah. this grass and then like petals are raining from the ceiling and everyone's crying and singing okay such a war very like oh my god like lip sync for your life you know oh yeah. my god um okay it's very lovely wow. that's fun okay I'm good i'm glad that. they're all because i was like all of these costume changes seem like they would take a long time but that's i i love the idea of just having that all happen on stage so she doesn't leave the stage really right no and like and it's sort of fun because you're like yeah this is something that like had like Hedwig has like choreographed herself right Right. so she has sort of like her like little wig corner and like Yitzhak like sort of sits in this like wig corner with like these wigs and is sort of like (laughs) very protective of these wigs and they're like a few wigs you know like yeah it's just sort of funny but like you know it's like when you're when you're doing um you know your own basement theater and you're like trying to Mm -hmm. figure it out and I loved that aspect of it I just like love sort of like the you know this is our show and we threw it together and like I'm gonna do a costume change and I picked these outfits myself and like I just love that oh yeah very downtown it has very downtown theater vibes of just like okay what do you have in your closet what can you bring what can we hot glue an old wig to like (laughs) oh I know I know I know like 1000% and it's like we've all done like that (laughs) yeah oh 100% I do think that from now on going forward um, a wig corner is going to be very important (laughs) in all of my real estate decisions yeah 1000% and I'd love to add a segment of the podcast called wig corner and I don't know what we're going to talk about but i'd love to just have a moment where we but can we acknowledge would love wig to corner. Do that. <laughs> we love wig culture here wig corner but you need to like underscore it with like the the hit norbert leo butt song <laughs> the, yes. the, the platinum single by norbert leo butts <laughs> and no one else yeah it's Sung weird by only norbert leo butts and no one else <laughs> Wig in a box is Weird Al's parody of Dick in a box. It's, it's like oh a God. whole thing. It's not Wig in a box. Exactly. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, so I, I'm this. I'm springing this on you, Laura. But as a oh, puppeteer, no. I do feel that you could speak to this. And my question here is: uh, Let's say that this was Hedwig, but it's the Muppets, and how would you cast it? <laughs> Oh, God. So who would be, which Muppet would be what? Yeah, Um, yeah. How would we cast this with Muppets? And I feel that you have the expertise to do this as a puppeteer. Well, I mean, automatically what comes to mind is that, like, Miss Piggy would play Hedwig. Okay, okay. I I mean, because she has the range, darling. (laughs) She she does um, have the range, for sure. She does have the range. (laughs) She has the the fashion, you know what I mean? She she do have looks. But I, I sort of imagine, like, Miss Piggy then backed up 
but with the um what's the what's the band called the electric, electric band. Band. Yeah. Yeah. and that's I, I think that's how i would cast it okay. and i think maybe i would keep yitzhak a human because you know all muppet you things have, have like human. one human okay okay i was gonna say okay i like that i don't know but there are many ways you could go but i just think you know thinking about miss piggy and her like wigs and her fashion mm-hmm. i think she her self-confidence and her ego, you know, I think would lend <laughs> it it itself well to this. Yeah. I always think of that one scene in Muppet Treasure Island where like Miss Piggy appears on a on a live elephant. <laughs> and um the glamour, the opulence. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yes, a thousand percent. Now hear me I out. I'm gonna alternate pitch here. Okay. Hedwig is Gonzo and the chickens are the band. I'm just saying. I was literally just going to say Gonzo. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. And yeah. per, per, perhaps a Rizzo the Red is Yitzhak. Perhaps a Rizzo the okay, Red is Okay, but then Yitzhak. who's the human is my question. And here's what I say. Stage manager's the human. Uh, I, bring back okay. the st- I bring back the stage manager. It is Andrea Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Reprising the role. You just want to put Andrea Martin in the show again. Found out. <laughs> you, yeah, you got yeah. me. <laughs> I think what's what's joyous is that we could probably do it in rep and have many <gasps> many Muppets. different Muppets. A thousand percent. We could we could put this in rep with a different Muppet lead every every, every night. We could get through the whole Muppet cast. I think. Honestly. Well, like, you know, Broadway cycled through many a many a Hedwig. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. No, it's a very it's a very demanding role. You know, in the Muppets, right? You have, yeah. to, you have to take that into account. So That's I think true. you know their contracts are brutal. So they're very yeah. strict <laughs> about the hours they can work. <laughs> I could not imagine having to do this show eight days a week or yeah. like eight performances a week. That yeah. has to be so grueling. I couldn't. I this a matinee and a and a evening performance of this would blow me out like i would need yeah. I, I would need monday tuesday wednesday to recover <laughs> like, <laughs> just thinking about doing it one time yeah. i'm like i'm spent right frankly. <laughs> just thinking about performing sugar daddy in the revival where they're like where hedwig is like climbing up like scaffolding and like jumping around and mm-hmm. like crawling on audience members and mm-hmm. i'm like that in in heels i'm like i'm tired just watching you and i'm not doing anything <laughs> for sure for sure <laughs> yeah God. yeah okay i cannot imagine <laughs> no um any any last thoughts connor i know we had the same um idea but do you have another pitch for for muppet Muppet casting. Sorry to steal your thunder. <laughs> no, it's okay. I could definitely see this going as like, um, maybe like doing, having um, Miss Piggy as Hedwig and then having Yitzhak either be Janice the Muppet mm-hmm. or um, Miss Poogie, who is <gasps> Miss Piggy's Evil, like, yes. <laughs> I oh think that would be really funny. God. There, oh I think there from is the Muppets. <laughs> from the Muppets. I do think oh. there is a world where you could do this with uh uh maybe Janice as as Hedwig, although she doesn't seem as extreme enough, but then Animal is Yitzhak. <laughs> and then Animal is eventually oh, Hedwig. That would be my God. That's a very Yitzhak based interpretation <laughs> where Yitzhak <laughs> is the secret star. <laughs> exactly. Um yeah, okay. I, I think I think what we have on our hands is uh, an an invitation to reach out to the Muppet 
<laughs> man's team and and mount this revival of Hedwig I'm and literally the calling the Jim Henson company. I've as got Jim we Henson speak. on the line as we speak. Wait, what? He this is not Jim Henson. He's dead. Okay, scammed at Muppet Con once again. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a Muppet Con? Someone, Mitch, look that up for me. No, there should be. Of all the cons, there's no Muppet Con. I'm telling you, unacceptable. Let's change mm. this. Joe Biden, where you at with this? <laughs> I'm checking BuildBackBetter.gov for Joe Biden's thoughts on the Muppets. Jesus. <laughs> all right, let's move to Man in Chair. Laura, Man in Chair, this for us. Um. Okay, I love this show because. It came into my life at a very like confusing emotional time for me and um, was just such a beautiful, vulnerable, fun piece of theater. I think it has great music, a beautiful story, and has the opportunity to touch people on many levels and is a great musical for people who don't like musicals. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I love it. Connor, man, and share this for us. Yeah, I also really love this musical. Um, it's so fun. It is so um, heart, uh, heart-wrenching and also a little heartwarming at the same time. So, mm-hmm. you know, you get your twofer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think it's a really interesting exploration of like queer identity and um, reckoning with your past traumas and um like finding healing from within and that kind of thing and i think that um it's an excellent story the film adaptation is really great so if you uh are unable to be because live theater doesn't exist anymore Mm -hmm. i highly recommend you watch the the movie um and uh yeah i really do love this musical it's really excellent um meryl man and chair yeah i think this is maybe one of the first times i've watched like a story of a journey of self-discovery that didn't feel super fucking annoying, um, <laughs> which is good. It's a point in its favor. I think it explores a lot of different ideas without being heavy handed or preachy, which is really nice. It feels like we're mm-hmm. all trying to figure it out together and it doesn't ever become we don't ever really get clarity, which I like, but it not in a way that leaves you feeling like th- you didn't get answers or like you didn't get something from the show. It just feels like this is a learning process and we're all trying to figure out our shit. And sometimes you have to have a big fucking meltdown and rip all your clothes off and smudge all your makeup and let someone else be the star while you get your shit together. You know what I mean? That moment of, of feeling like the breakdown feels cathartic, but it doesn't feel like the answer. And that's, Mm -hmm. which is nice. Um, I really like the music. I, like I said, I love wig in a box and i love um i really did like origin of love actually i was surprised that i liked it so i told someone i was listening to this uh for the for the podcast and they were like oh did you cry at origin of love i'm like no i didn't and then i listened to it again i'm like but i get but i get it do you know what i mean like i yeah and i really loved the animations in the movie as well and i think laura you were saying that they projected stuff on this on the uh, stage production as well was it different drawings or was it the same like animations illustrations as in the movie they had different drawings which kind of made me a little sad because i think the original animations are so beautiful but they were still absolutely stunning okay um they were really really stunning and and beautiful but i mean some of the imagery obviously from the from the original and from the movie are so iconic. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Those faces, I mean, order, those yeah. people. It's so crazy. Yeah. Like, I, I, I really like that. I have a little face from oh, the original. Oh, sure. That. That's cool. Yeah. 
I really like the one that they zoom in on, on like his hip on, at the end of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then it becomes whole. It becomes whole at the end. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's really sweet. Half and then it becomes whole. Yeah. yeah. So I like it. Um. So, so all of that to say, um, I did like this a lot and I do recommend it. The movie is really great and really, really well done. It feels, um, feels indie, but not aggressively. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, <laughs> it doesn't have, I don't know. I feel like if, if it was made in 2020, it, you run into the prom issue of it all, right? Where you just have sure. at some point too much money and you don't know how to cut back because you're like, well, we have all this money. You know, it sounds like in the revival, they did a good job of balancing the we've got Broadway money with, but ultimately she's playing shitholes. <laughs> so like, and, right. and never forget, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I just really, I really enjoyed it. Um, Laura, do you have anything to plug? I do. Yes. <laughs> wow, someone is doing something. <laughs> um, yeah, speaking of journeys of self-discovery. Um, yeah. So I actually have written a um, web series that is premiering tonight, of all things. Um, <laughs> but just a, a very quick backstory. So in 2016, I wrote a one-woman show that was a little bit inspired by Hedwig. Yes. Um, yes. It's it's not a, you know I'm not going to pretend like it's as good as Hedwig, but um, very inspired by by telling my own story. So I um, I didn't inspire myself. I met I was inspired by the- <laughs> inspired <laughs> to tell your own story. Yes, 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 yes thank you. I was like I'm so inspired. <laughs> right, I've inspired myself. That's very so, Hedwig of you. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. So I um, I wrote a solo show and premiered it at the United Solo Theater Festival. Amazing. And then um, this year, my my production company, Party Claw Productions, we decided to adapt it into a digital series because Whoa. of the Rona. All right. And um, we thought it would be fun to get it out there in this format. So it's called I Kissed Your Boyfriend, okay. another feminist vlog. Love it. Um going to be premiering on the youtubes okay and tv uh all through party claw productions um and it's about my life and my hilariously awkward and terrible dating mishaps and my own um self-discoveries sort of surrounding that so that's what i'm doing that's so cool that sounds great we will link that in the show notes but People can find your channel, Party Claw Productions, on YouTube, yeah? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Perfect. All right. We will definitely uh, put that in the notes for people to 100%. find. As of this this episode will drop probably sometime in March. So by that point, there will have been, I'm sure, many episodes. So uh, it yes, should be live by then for sure. In yes. March, yeah. All right. Can't wait. Exactly. Uh, Connor, anything to plug? No. As usual, you can find all of my funny writing, funny videos on my social media at CRELIA12. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Meryl, how about you? Nothing for me as per usual, but you can find this podcast at Bits Over B-Way across all platforms. You can email us, bitsoverbway at gmail.com. You can find us uh, anywhere you find podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and the like. Uh, you can also find us on Patreon, bits, uh, patreon.com slash bits over B-Way. And that is all I have. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Norbert Leo Buds, why do you have so many wigs? <laughs> <laughs>